Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Little Spooky. This is the show where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like cryptids, conspiracies, aliens, UFOs, or when your elementary school lunch menu said chef's choice. My name is Colleen. I'm Everett. Gross. Um, you don't like surprises? Not those kinds of surprises. Why? They were never pleasant surprises. They were always some sort of grayish meat with a sauce on it. Colleen obviously does not like to live dangerously. (laughs) No, I like to know what I'm consuming most of the time. Unless it's candy and we're talking about mysterious chemicals. I don't know if we brought this up when we first started the show, because we started the show kind of close to Halloween of 2020. Yeah, it's been almost a year. Yeah, and I wanted to ask, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, man. I It's so hard for me to choose. It's easier for me to tell you what I don't like than it is for me to tell you what my favorite would be. Okay, what's your most hated Halloween candy? It's a tie between Baby Ruth and Nut Roll. You don't like a good nut roll? No. (laughs) (laughs) I actually really enjoy those. You don't Um, like chocolate because you're freaking weird. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say my most hated one is definitely just a plain Hershey's chocolate. Oh, I love those. I buy those now for regular times of the year. You're stupid. Wow. (laughs) Okay. I bet you're the sort of person that liked those weird peanut butter taffy things that came in the orange no, and black wrappers no you ate those and I've, smiled about it i've never actually liked taffy really unless it's just saltwater taffy but like those laffy taffy type stuff no i'm not laughing I, I know what you're talking about too i'm just talking about taffy in general I, i'm not a big fan um, it's waxy yeah i will say i think the most satisfying candies at halloween in particular are reese's pumpkins pumpkins much better than the cup and gotta say yeah, I think it's the ratio of chocolate to peanut butter. And I also really like um, like mini Butterfingers, but not their like gross new recipe. Don't even get me started on this. I should give them a call and let them know how gross their new Butterfingers are. I don't know too much about Butterfingers or just candy in general because I stick to the few things I enjoy. I eat all candy. I don't discriminate. But speaking of Halloween... We're mm-hmm. very close to Halloween, mm-hmm. and we're actually going to do our, like, quote-unquote Halloween episode next week, which you are going to be discussing the topic. Mm-hmm. So for my episode closest to Halloween, I wanted to do something a little more Halloweeny, and in my opinion, this is kind of Halloweeny based on the subject matter. You're a Halloweeny. You wish. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about the Aswang. The Aswang? The Aswang. Yeah. No, the Aswang. A swang. I've I've never heard of that. It's, I mean, I, I have actually because after we did our vampire episode, somebody mm-hmm. did say something like, "Don't forget the." I thought it was pronounced ass wing. To be honest, from how it's spelled, spelled A S W A N G. There's not two S's in there. I don't know if it starts with an A S and ends with a wing. It's ass wing. So it is, and I don't know who mentioned that in our. It was it the YouTube comments? Yeah. We don't really typically look at those, so sorry. No, we yeah, we check, had somebody read it and told us that there was yeah. a request. I, I'm glad that it was brought up, though, because it is something I've wanted to talk about for a while, but I don't think it's a vampire. I have never heard of it, so I'm going in blind. It, it is vampiric. I will say that and we'll talk about it, but I think it's just so different from vampires that deserved its own episode because it is so interesting. Okay. So let's talk about it. All right. 
So the Aswang is a shape-shifting creature, monster, cryptid, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. from the Philippines. Okay. Um, It shares a lot of similarities with vampires from Western culture, but the Aswang has many characteristics that are unique and sets it apart from pretty much any other monster. Mm -hmm. So the Aswang is actually a kind of a blanket term that includes a lot of different creatures in the Philippines. They do share a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of different types. Okay. It's kind of the same way in like Western culture. Well, I guess not even just Western culture, but if you say demon, a lot of different things comes to mind. You know, yeah, demons yeah. could possess someone or you could think of like Beelzebub type demon, like a demon king or like just like a weird devil pitchfork. Fork yeah, tail but they're all thing. kind of the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like they're very, no, for sure. I guess, I don't know, Christianized like hell, hellions. Right. And you can say the same thing about the Aswang. They're, okay. they're similar, but there's... A lot of different, like, it, when you say it to someone in the Philippines, a lot of different images will come to mind. Okay. Like, in the same way that when you say vampire here, you could think of Dracula, but you could also think of, like, sparkly twilight, or you could I think mean, of, like... unfortunately now, I suppose, yes. But, but they're all the same, related they, around the same thing. Well, but they're, those are still similar enough. Like, there's similar rules. Like, you know, daylight bad. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the case with this. So, okay. let's get okay. into it. Actually, before we get into it, I just wanted to mention that my first exposure to the Aswang was actually from a anime-inspired Filipino cartoon. So you can't really call it anime because it's not Japanese, but it's basically an anime. Uh, it's called Tresse, and it's super good. My guess is actually that a lot of people's first exposure to the Aswang is actually from this show because it was fairly popular. Okay, They're basically the main villains of the TV series. And they're like actually kind of like the mafia, but they're also like monsters okay. in, in that, not in the folklore, but in that show. They're like the mafia, the mob. You might cover this. I'm sure you will. But are we talking like an intelligent creature or like a like a beast? Both. OK, so there's a few different theories about what the Aswang actually are and how they came to be so well known in the Philippines, but I'm going to be sticking to the one that I think is the most likely. One thing that is certain is that Christianity has greatly influenced certain beliefs about the Aswang. Mm-hmm. The role of Christianity in relation to the Aswang is obvious throughout the series Tresse that I mentioned earlier. And even after only a little bit of research into the topic, you can definitely see that Christianity could have inspired the Aswang. Okay. So, I mean, I know the Philippines now are a very Catholic country. Yeah. Does this monster predate the, like, westernization, Christianization of the Philippines? There is no agreement, and we'll we'll talk about that. Too. Okay. Interesting. Because, I mean, it, it, some other cultures take their... Yeah, it can kind of meld together. Yeah, they, they mix the old with the new. and Yeah, and, like, you see that a lot in Norse mythology, where, like, there's a predated like old pagan tradition but then once the christians come they kind of flip it a little bit adopt it and like cultures kind of melt together right or like in celtic mythology the goddess bridget became saint bridget in catholicism Mm -hmm. i mean so i but we're not sure if this predates it at all there's some there's some theories we'll talk about them at the end okay um but it's not agreed on i'll say that got it So, at nighttime, the Aswang is at its full power. 
It can shapeshift into a variety of different animals and possess extraordinary strength. They're not harmed by sunlight like a vampire, but during the day they do lose their powerful strength. When they walk the streets in the daytime, they're said to have bloodshot eyes since they stay up all night hunting. Otherwise, they look the same as humans. The common belief is that the Aswang are only active after the sun sets because they believe that God is asleep at night. Mm, so they're like walking among us. Yes. And they have bloodshot eyes because they're tired. Yes. So there's literally no way to tell them apart from humans during the day during because the they day. don't have any strength. Well, the, you know, super strength. If, at, at face value, no, there is not a way to tell them apart. There are some tests you can do. We'll talk mm -hmm. about those too. So the Aswang are similar to humans and most believe that they do live among humans peacefully during the day. Your neighbor, your friend, family members, or even local leaders and politicians could all secretly be the Aswang. I love that. They do not harm each other, and they form bonds with each other just as human communities form bonds with each other. Okay. They have the same intelligence and emotional capacity as humans. They feel happiness, sadness, anger, jealousy, pride, and any other human emotion that a human can feel. The Aswang will typically be pretty shy when in presence of humans. And okay. there is a very common belief that the Aswang can be spotted by paying close attention to their feet because, and this is share, a shared cultural belief among many Asian countries, some say that the Aswang have backwards feet. And we've oh. talked about that before. Well, that was the Siguapa, and that's South American, yeah, Central there, South American. It's, and I, I remembered that, and I thought... It's got to be in Asia, too. And it is. There's a lot of different Chinese, Japanese, Mongolian monsters that have the backwards feet. I, I wonder what that means. Yeah, I couldn't really figure out the root like meaning of that. I think yeah. it's just an unnatural, uncanny yeah. type thing. But not something you would notice immediately unless you were looking at their feet. And it's not like a fully accepted belief of the Aswang. It's just that's what some people believe. Sure. Do you know what that reminds me of? Did hmm. you ever read the Roald Dahl book, The Witches? I know there was a movie about it. Well, there's two movies. There's a new one and an old one. But the book was a little bit different in that witches are the exact same. They like walk among us and they look like people until you look really closely. Mm -hmm. And they have like their nostrils are slight, shaped slightly different mm -hmm. and their fingernails are shaped slightly different. And, like, their eyes, if you look really closely, change color. But, like, you wouldn't notice it unless you were looking for it. Right. And, like, they're evil and stalking human children. God, that book is so good. Very, but that's kind of what that reminds me and of. And very interesting you say that because there is something very similar with the Aswang, too. Okay. When I did forget to mention, um, backwards feet can, like, it, it, it's believed that it could be a sign of an evil entity because they're either unnatural, like we said, or because they try to leave tracks on the ground that confuse people when they're hunting. Yes. Uh, that, and that makes sense. I'm trying to remember what in the, the Siguapa episode, it was like they're walking away from the light or like it was an indication that they're demonic entity or, or dark entity because I don't know. It was an interesting thought. Well, during the day, the Aswang still do retain some of their powers. Some of them actually maintain good relations with their human community and will provide healing potions and discreetly cast helpful spells. Huh. So because of this friendliness that some people associate with the Aswang, there is an old Filipino saying that translates to, 
and a swang is better than a thief. Sure. I'm, so, they're healing you. Yeah. So even though they, you know, are known to attack humans, they're still better, like they're, they're thought better of because of their helpfulness when they're at least among us. So it's like that one time somebody went to go steal something from an apartment and then found child porn on the computer they stole and <laughs> submitted it to yeah, the cops. The lesser of two evils. <laughs> okay, but uh, I'm sorry. So at night they hunt and they specifically hunt humans mm -hmm. and eat them, I assume. Yeah, we'll get to the prey. Okay. You're getting ahead of yourself, I'm sorry. Colleen. Yep. I've, yep. So this might make you a little mad, though. The Aswang are usually depicted as female. And this is likely a result of the culture in the Philippines. Sure. So the islands have had a long and deep history of witchcraft. And after the introduction of Christianity, a population of devout Christians have been at odds with the practice of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. This has lasted into modern day. And the Philippines being predominantly Christian, there's obviously a clash. There's an emphasis on the sanctity of marriage and a strong family unit. Family unit. Like many Christian countries across the world, the woman serves the interest of the man. And while many stories of the Aswang say that they are female, that doesn't always have to be the case. So there is definitely sexist undertones to the very traditional stories. Yeah, I, you could say that about a lot of different cultures and monsters, like witches in general. Oh, yeah. Generally depicted as females. The Siwapa, that's a female. Mm -hmm. I mean... It's just like a oh, sexist holdover <laughs> from, I don't know. Yeah, but but the thing is, and I'll, this is probably the last time I'll talk about that show, Tresse. I think they did a very good job about just making there be a wide variation of monsters in that show, mm -hmm. whether it be man, woman, different types of creatures, different ethnicities. Sure. So I don't know. I think that's just kind of an old school you know, holdover, but it's yeah. not always the case now. So they're always depicting us women as like wily, mischievous manipulators, but maybe it's the men who are dumb. Man, Can we just say that? Man punch good, women think. <laughs> <laughs> True right. that. So at night, the Aswang need to satisfy their hunger. So they will usually do their best to travel as far away as possible from their home or their village before they eat. Okay, and this sense. is done so they draw don't draw attention to themselves and potentially reveal their true identities. While hunting, the Aswang will use vocal tricks to disguise themselves as someone else, or they can also throw their voice to fool their victims into thinking they're much further away than they really are. It's like the Wendigo. Mm -hmm, for sure. And they will confuse humans that are listening by doing this, and then this allows the Aswang to attack. They can make themselves so thin as well that they can hide behind a single post of bamboo. What? How's that work? I mean, they're shapeshifters. And we haven't talked about the shapeshifting yet, but they are shapeshifters. Okay. Can we just talk, like, where's that, where's it all go? They I don't know. They probably just make themselves super tall, but super thin. <laughs> yeah, conserve matter, right? Like, it doesn't just go anywhere. Conserve mass. Mass, you're right. I'm not, I'm not a science sir. So I don't. I obviously don't know Tagalog. So Tagalog. I might, Tagalog. Really, I thought it was Tagalog. Mm -mm. Well, obviously, I don't know it then <laughs> if I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, but so I'm sorry if I mispronounced these two. But the tick tick and the wak wak are some of the most well known aswang, and they turn into large birds. However, oh. there's many many different types of aswang that have been known to transform into crows, bats, cats, dogs, boars, even Tasmanian devils. 
just a variety of creatures. Tasmanian devils. Mm-hmm. Like in from down under. Yeah, Philippines is really close. Are there Tasmanian devils in the Philippines? I I mean, maybe some islands, but I mean, it, like geographically, it's fairly close to Australia, New Zealand. and Right. That makes sense. I guess I was just assumed everything in Australia should just stay around that area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the people. They're very nice. So most of these creatures will sneak attack and use a proboscis, like a mosquito, to suck the blood or organs out of humans. It just comes usually right out of their throat, just like the uh, xenomorph from aliens. Okay. So pregnant women are usually thought to be the main victim of the aswang, as they will try to consume the unborn fetus out of the mother. And the liver and the heart of the unborn child seems to be the favorite. I mean, they're really limiting their food choices. I mean, yes, women, there's plenty of pregnant women around, but I assume not enough to feed no, a population. No, it's not, it's not like a sole, like only pregnant women feeding type thing. It's just that's what they enjoy the most. But they will attack, I think, anyone. But they do specifically like children. Do the women stay alive? Or do they just like toss the woman aside and eat the... No, they do it while they're sleeping. So the, the child will die. But the right, right. Uh, I th- usually I think the mother's OK because it's a little thin proboscis that just kind of goes right through the I don't know if it goes through the stomach or it goes up the vaginal canal or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Let's not think too much about that. <laughs> All right. So the Aswang are also able to transform the appearance of different objects at will. Oh. When possible, they will replace the bodies of their victims with replicas made from tree trunks or other types of plants. They then use dark magic to give the object a mimicry of life. So the creation will then return to the home of the victim, who is dead, and the double is extremely ill and will die of natural causes. Ah. So no one even knows that the true human was already killed. Interesting. That reminds me of Celtic changeling. Yes. There's like weird different like similarities like with a lot of different creatures like werewolves vampires well it's interesting that those concepts like span cultures and they're so to me they're so bizarre and specific it's what does it mean what's it all mean man so one of my favorite forms of a swung was also featured in the show trust i so i forgot i was going to mention it again (laughs) Uh, and again i don't know how to pronounce it for sure but i think it's uh So the aswang will take the form of a baby or a toddler and will cry out in order to attract a victim. And usually they do this in the woods. Devious. Once a human picks up this child, it will then change into its monster form and kill the human. And the old tradition was that if a pregnant mother died before childbirth, the spirit of the baby would become demented and then be born underground after the mother was buried. Okay. And well, that's interesting because of grave birth like after the mother a pregnant woman dies she gives birth to the baby just because of how decomposition works right yes so i wonder if that's like well i can i can tell you one thing in modern times this has become a tool for the pro-life movement oh like for sure so is this a legitimately like this isn't like vampires in america where everybody is kind of at in the consensus that it doesn't exist I mean, there are some people who call themselves vampires, but is this a more like widely believed in creature? I, I don't I don't want to say anything for certain because, sure. you know, obviously I don't live there. I don't know. But I have the impression that 
Yes, they do believe it a little more. There's a lot more superstitious people that are willing to believe in this kind of stuff. But it could just be a Christianity thing with like, at least in America, there are a lot of very conservative Christians that believe that Satan and demons are real. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's kind of that thing. Sure. So this has become a tool for the pro-life movement. If a pregnant woman does get an abortion, the spirit of the unborn child will become one of these monsters. And this is another obvious connection to a conservative Christian thought and seems to be regularly used as a method to shame women. And do we know how they're created otherwise? Or do they just exist in their own? The, like this specific type of a swung? Just a swung in general. How? Oh, we'll get there. Okay. This is just this specific one. It's like the baby form. Okay, got it. Another specific type of a swung is the Mananagal. And I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> And although it is sometimes thought to be a different type of monster entirely, I'm lumping it in because there are similarities. So at night, when it goes hunting, it will separate from the lower half of its body. The upper half will have wings that rip through its back, and sometimes an extra pair of arms and claws will sprout out of the bottom portion of the upper torso. So like, like where, where the legs were. Yes, like or where the, the waist was. Sure. I don't like that at all. And they will also prey upon sleeping soon-to-be mothers, but are also famous for hunting near weddings. If a bride leaves a groom at the altar, it is said that the monster will swoop down and take the lone groom. And this, again, has roots in Christianity and the emphasis on a strong family unit. The fact that a dumped groom is the victim points to the emphasis on the sanctity of marriage and shames the woman for not wanting to enter that marriage for whatever reason. Or the groom was a butthole and is being punished by the Aswang. Hmm? Ever think of that? For sure. I agree. I'm just saying it's a tool used. Right. Yes. No, I get it. (laughs) Can we we talk about, though, how cool of a concept the appearance of this one is? It's just a torso with four arms and some badass wings. It's, but it it loses the torso. I mean, it, it, it maintains like the chest area, but like it's just severed in half. And then, like, weird little extra arms and claws sprout out the bottom of that, like, severed area. So it's like a weird half spider thing with wings. Yeah, and does it, I would assume it mostly flies as opposed to crawls around. Yes. It, like, just swoops in and carries its prey away. Mm-hmm. And then when daytime comes, it reconnects with the bottom part of the body. wonder where it keeps the, the bottom part. I don't know. What if the bottom part just wanders around? And also, okay, so this happens, like, outside of a wedding party. Right. If the bride leaves, then the Aswan comes in and like swoops down, takes the groom. Yeah. So I, I assume would, in the church because it's very Christian. Right. So I imagine there's a lot of witnesses to this. Yes. How, or how, did you come across any stories? No. People? OK. <laughs> Just curious. No. But it's that's the common belief that it specifically likes to hunt dumped grooms. All right. Well, maybe they had a reason for being dumped. So speaking of marriage, it is possible for an Aswan to marry a human. I mean, I could marry a chair if I wanted. I don't think you legally could. No, but I think I could marry my cat. I think in you, some states. In like California or something. <laughs> so, an aswang can marry a human. However, the human will transform into an aswang on the wedding day. It is extremely rare for these creatures to reproduce, and I have found some claims that they can't even repro- reproduce at all, like sexually. It's more... We're going to talk about it right now, how you can become an aswang with other methods, but okay. it's never like humans where you reproduce that way. 
also similar with vampires. Like they're right, yes. you have to bite someone to turn them. They don't. So what's weird is that it, you can turn into a song by marrying one and mm-hmm. you turn into it on the wedding day. Mm-hmm. My assumption is we're talking strict Catholic area. These people aren't getting it on before their wedding. So what is it that is turning them into the Aswang? Just like the bond of marriage? Yes. So there's that emphasis on sanctity of marriage. And this is the most unholy of unions. So it just changes the human into this demon form. Like like Fiona turning into an ogre at the end of the track. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, that was a spin on that. So Aswan couples are very, very close with each other, but they still do not like to hunt together and they will hunt alone. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, they don't like to share food. Okay. Two, hunting separately will also aid in their safety. So if one of the pair is caught, the other one is not likely to be found. Okay. Sure. That's fair. But marrying an Aswan is not the only way to become one. A human can decide to turn into one by following a very specific ritual. And don't ask me why anyone would want to. I well, don't know why. Physical strength. True. And power. Actually, I see magic. no. I see almost no downside to it, other than the fact that you have to eat humans instead of you know, chef's choice. Maybe this will change your mind, because this is the ritual. If you tie a fertilized chicken egg to your stomach. You can allow the chick to pass into your flesh when it hatches. After this is complete, you have to bury the shell in a bamboo tube with coconut oil and chicken shit. Upon completion of that, you become an aswang. Okay. Um, I see a few flaws. So... The expectation is that the chick is going to hatch out of its egg and it's not just going to stop when it hits a wall, but it's going to just continue to hack through you with its beak. Yeah, I think that's the idea that it like, like there's those old, old methods of torture where you can put a cage uh, against your stomach and then put your uh, back against the wall. And then you put a rat in the cage sure. and then burn the end. So it force is forced to claw through you and then kind of eat your insides a little bit. Sure. I think it's kind of the same idea where there's no other way for the chick to get out. So it's going to constantly keep pecking at your abdomen or your stomach and then just eventually get inside. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a freshly hatched baby chick. No way is that thing going to hack its way through a stomach before dying. And I feel like there's some significance to the chick, too. And Rebirth? No, I meant like as an animal, specifically a chicken. Mm. Um, My first thought was like, you know, like wings, like because a lot of the Aswan can fly. Yeah. But I think it's kind of just like a demonic thing. I think maybe it's a cultural thing in the Philippines for them to put emphasis on chickens being associated with evil in the same way like cats to witches. Sure. I I think that might be the case, but I don't know for sure. So if you know and you're listening to this, please let us know. The other thing is, do Aswang not normally die? Can they be killed? They can be killed. I don't know if they can die of natural causes or like like or old age. Okay. I couldn't like that didn't come across. So I'm just thinking, let's assume the chick can hack its way into your your bod. Mm -hmm. 
I would assume you've become an Aswang at that point. Otherwise, you die of the massive internal slash external bleeding from something chewing up your organs. My, my interpretation is as soon as it starts hatching, while it's doing the process of going inside of you, that's when you have to finish with the the other part of the ritual. So as soon as it's, like, it's out of the egg and still kind of going into you, you can take the shell then and then do all the other stuff with the coconut oil and the chicken shit and the bamboo tube. Well, then how do you move if the chick's still doing its thing and you don't want it to fall off? Hands. It doesn't have thumbs. Hands. Yeah, but you got to use those hands for the, the shell. Don't ask me. I've never <laughs> done it. <laughs> If somebody, you know if anyone has ever performed this ritual successfully, if, if you're you could, in a, if you're in a swan, contact us, podcast at nerdsloft.com. Yes. I'd love to hear from you. There's still one other way to become an aswang. Okay. If an aswang dies or is in the process of dying, like if they are on their deathbed or were mortally wounded or something like that, they can choose to pass their abilities to another person. And what they have to do is hold their mouth close to the human mouth as if you're almost about to kiss. And then the aswang needs to let the chick that's inside them hop from their stomach out of their mouth into the mouth of the human. The chicken will go into the stomach of that human. I think it maintains its youth as a chick. Right. I would hope you don't have a big old rooster coming out of right. your throat. But yes, the chick jumps from the swung to the human through the stomach, up the throat, mouth, then to mouth, throat, stomach. Inter- and the chick is just supposed to survive in the tum-tum this whole time. I think the ritual gives it supernatural powers. What and kind of being- terrible life would that be? Just hanging out in a stomach for your entire life, and then every evening, gross, like, human remains just slap all over you. Yeah, I don't know if, like, they become, like, one entity, like it's in a swung. Sure. When it's, like, human <laughs> and chick together, or if it's just, like, the yes, you're my of a, prisoner. Like, human and a chick combined. I That's interesting. I, um... Very different. Yeah, like, the, the life, kind of life force is represented by a chick. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, I don't know the significance of specifically a chick. Like, why not like a leech or a goldfish? Like something that it could be anything, you know? I don't know. There's a symbolism of like hatching and rebirth and eternal youth. I don't know about eternal youth. If it stays as a chick. Yeah. So here's how you ward off the aswang. Okay. Very similar to vampires. Garlic. Cool. Holy water. Crucifix. Rosary. Prayer. But you can also use salt. That's okay. not really associated so like, with vampires, but it's just warding off evil in general. Yeah. Okay. There's also a specific amulet called an agigmet. I think that's how you say it. Or agamat. This is used to keep the aswang away. And a common type of agamat is a bracelet of red and black beads. And this is a custom to give these bracelets to newborns in the Philippines. Hmm. So in America, you give them those... Stupid little hats with the red or the pink and blue stripes. <laughs> like at the hospital? At the hospital. But here you get a bracelet with red and black beads. <laughs> yeah, at least one. Well, they both serve a function. True. One of them serves a far more badass function. But let's say you don't want to ward off the aswang. Because you want to be one. No, you want to kill one. Ah. Why would you want to do that? In order to kill an aswang. I mean, I don't know why you would want to. Sure. Sorry. How do you kill it? <laughs> you threw me off. In order to kill an aswan, you need to decapitate it. Or you can use a whip with the tail of a stingray. 
because apparently the Aswang hate the sound of a stingray tail whipping through the air. And that is definitely a cultural thing. I don't know the significance of it, but a stingray tail is the enemy of the Aswang. So I think Steve Irwin was. I was going to say, was Steve Irwin like <laughs> king of the Aswang? And now they just have a fear. R.I.P. Steve Irwin. Yeah. But interesting that it's all, those are all very vampire, modern idea, vampire related methods of disposal. Cutting off the heads, garlic, rosaries, mm-hmm. crosses, crucifixes, prayer. So. The, I, yeah. I mean, the Aswang are usually called vampiric, but yeah. there's just so many different functions of the Aswang and like what they do. And they're way cooler for sure. Yeah. But I, it is hard for me to to gauge like when this myth came about because it does seem like a very old cultural idea mm-hmm. that's been greatly tied together with Christian ideas. So I wonder like if we were to go way, way, way back in time and the Aswang was still a story that was being told how you would have disposed of it before yeah the end like maybe that that was when they were still doing stakes in the heart like to nail them down to the bottom of the coffin like you know yeah. i don't know we right. don't know no we just don't interesting know. interesting so also like vampires the aswan cannot step into anything that is consecrated whether it be a temple church or mosque Okay. And even if you have the doorway to your home consecrated by a priest or other religious figure, a a swan cannot enter. And there's also actually a special prayer that can be posted at the entrance that will do the same thing. Okay. And I mentioned this briefly before, but there are some other ways to tell if you know if it's an aswang or a human. So during the day, you can tell if someone is an aswang by looking into their eyes. If your reflection is cast upside down, then they are not human. Mm. You can also look at a person upside down, and if their appearance changes drastically while you're viewing them upside down, they're definitely not human and most likely a swan. So do they have like concave eyes? So big old round ones like us? Now I know science. If it's concave, that, that would be the be sci- that would be the scientific explanation. <laughs> but I think it's just so unnatural that it looks like a perfectly normal eye, but for whatever reason, sure, it's Magic. upside down, right? So I don't know. Huh. And there's one other one too. This one's interesting. You can spot an aswang by looking closely at the middle of their face, and if they do not have a philtrum, which is that vertical mark above the upper lip, sure, then they may not be human. Okay, so anyone who's had like cleft palate surgery or a mustache is suspect. <laughs> oh, good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't trust people with mustaches, anyways. Just plain mustaches. Well, I mean, you can have a full beard and it's still hidden. Yeah, but there's something suspicious. A mustache just looks like a disguise. <laughs> like a beard is one thing. It's like a it's like a personal fashion choice. But a mustache you grow to like disguise yourself. Nobody wants just a mustache. You're a hater. Yeah. Mustaches I am. are back. They should not <laughs> be back. So you've been hinting at this for basically the whole episode. Where did they come from? Yes. Let's talk about this. So obviously the Aswang are very, very region specific. They share similarities with vampires, changelings, demons, skinwalkers, but the stories of the Aswang are greatly influenced by Filipino culture and customs. Mm -hmm. as we've talked about. 
So the earliest documentation of the Aswang are from the 16th century. This is also the same time period in which Spanish Christian missionaries brought their message to the islands. So some anthropologists believe that the Spaniards actually created the myth of the Aswang as a form of population control. Okay. If there was a creature that lived among them, a sense of distrust may have persuaded locals to refrain from developing romantic relationships with one another. There's mm. also the threat of just a monster nearby in the woods. So they're sure. less likely to travel from village to village. Okay. The idea is that they wanted to keep the population of the Filipinos small so they could maintain power in the area. And since the stories of the Aswang are so deeply connected to Christianity, this could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the reason for coming up with the Aswang. That could be, you know, any reason. But there is a lot of evidence that points to the Aswang being a creation of the Spaniard missionaries. Interesting. Then, And what are they saying that Aswang means? Like, what's the etymology of that name? Of the word? Yeah. Um. I didn't write it down, but I think it's from the word Asura, which is Sanskrit. And I think that translates to demon. Ah, so that's interesting because I could be a little bit wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Okay. Asura. Yeah. Because that definitely feels like somebody taking something else and and bringing it. It could explain why there's so many similarities with a lot of different creatures and uh, cryptids and stories in general. It seems very convoluted, though, for the Spaniards to do as opposed to just. And there could have been local legends like and, you know, the Philippines is a lot of different islands, too. And that's why there's so many different variations of what an Aswang is. Right. But, you know, it could have just been like, yeah, we've seen those creatures from where we're from, too. You know, they do this and this and this. So make sure to stay away and worship Jesus and God and you'll be protected. (laughs) Sure. So it might not be that, though. There are other anthropologists that think that the stories of the Aswang spread as a result of certain genetic diseases, usually uh, sex chromosome X-linked. Oh. So a couple of them would be Parkinson's. Sure. And uh, dystonia of Panay. So I haven't even heard of that one. I don't know what that is. This is because the descriptions of the Aswang transforming from human to beast or animal During that process, the descriptions of what they look like are very similar to a patient with symptoms of these genetic diseases. Oh, okay. So it could have been a way to explain what may or may not have been happening to people centuries ago when they have diseases. Like, oh, yeah, they're evil. Or, you know, they're a different type of creature entirely. Sure. So... That's sad, but... That, I mean, that that is a theory. I think it is a little less accepted, and it's more common to think that the root is Christianity and uh, specifically Spaniards. I'm just, I'm more inclined to believe the second version, because that's kind of what we talked about in the vampire episode, how vampires came to be in European folklore diseases and explanations for those yeah but i mean i just it seems weird for the spanish to be like hey we don't want you to have sex so here's a monster that could be around you never like it just seems well it's not it's not could be the idea is like yeah they're definitely among you they can look exactly like you but at nighttime they're gonna attack you so be careful who you trust why would they trust the spaniards they had guns 
<laughs> I just, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm more inclined to believe the second one, but they both make sense. But if you ask modern day Filipinos, they probably don't believe either of those. And they think they're real. Modern day? Yeah. Or you mean back in the day? Well, both, I guess. But I think a lot of people do believe in at least some of these creatures. Sure. There's, especially with the baby one. Like, it's, it's such a deep-rooted fear for a lot of people now, and it probably is linked to, like, just the debate on abortion. Yeah. It's just such a strong, you know, heavily debated topic, and there's a lot of fear involved with these, you know, people that are pro-life. So they probably do believe that their aborted fetuses are turning into demons and hunting women. I'm sure. I mean, people will believe a lot of stuff. It is interesting how connected to pregnant women, like how much focus is on them in this story. Because I don't know, maybe it was a way in the way back times to explain miscarriage. Yeah. Lost or uh, early deaths too, like yeah, death rate. I, I think that's a very strong possibility for sure. And also just sexism in general. Yeah. Also the sexism. So, yeah, that's this long. I, I think, like that. I think they're a lot more interesting than, like, just the traditional, like, Dracula story. Yes. It's horrifying. It, it's, okay. I, every, I'm not a big Twilight fan. Middle school me was pretty into it. But it kind of reminds me of that. In that it oh, is Oh, they this, can kind of meld into society. Yeah, it's like a family. It's about family. Colin. It's about family. That's well, what it's Vin like a, says. a family of predators that's disguising itself in the community, trying to live alongside the community, and then they have to go way out to hunt. Or, I mean, I guess technically they eat animals, but yeah, not the Aswang. I'm pretty sure they have to consume humans in order. to Right. Survive. It's just it's there's something horrifying about the fact that you, my husband, could be in a swung, and I would be one without even knowing it. I think you would have I to would, Yeah, I would have had to have eaten a human by now, probably. Yeah, or I'm just giving you little sips at night. You don't <laughs> even know. I, I don't know. It, one of the, that is one of the reasons, as a child, the book The Witches freaked me out, was because they could be anywhere, they look like people you trust, and their ultimate goal is to kill you. Among Us. Yeah. Crazy. I like that. I like that story. I had never heard of it, and I'm into it. Yeah. And again, I, I know I'm I probably mispronounced a lot of those those words. I mean, obviously, I'm not a speaker of the language, uh, but if you have any like specific stories that you've heard about the Aswang, like yeah. from your you know childhood or if you've just come across ones that we can talk about, definitely send them over and we can read them uh, in the next episode or just in the future in general. Yeah. If you send it over. That would be awesome. In the meantime, I have two stories for you. One, strange and kind of sad, and the other, spooky town. <laughs> we'll start with the, the strange one. New Zealand Council ends contract with Wizard after two decades of service. Why? Can you imagine <laughs> spending 20 years of your life in service to your country and they just say they don't need you anymore? What if they need wizardry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this comes from The Guardian. The official wizard of New Zealand, perhaps the only state-appointed wizard in the world, I has think been so. <laughs> cast from the public payroll, spelling the end to a 23-year legacy. You know what's interesting to me? 
is that they hired a wizard in the 90s. Like, it wasn't like a tradition passed on through time. Oh, there wasn't one before him? No, I don't think so. Prior to his appointment? The wizard, whose real name is Ian Brackenberry Chanel, 88 years old, had been contracted to Christchurch City Council for two decades to promote the city through acts of wizardry and other wizard-like services. At a cost of $16,000 a year, he has been paid a total of $368,000. I will admit $16,000 is not a salary, but I don't know if wizardry is a full-time job. So like $16,000 on the side? To yeah, perform I, I was going to say that's not a like a, a whole lot of money. No. And this, this was New Zealand, you said? Yes, but the wizard was born in England. And um, oh, he scam ar- artist. He's <laughs> not even a local. <laughs> he arrived in New Zealand in 1976 and started performing his acts of wizardry. And it sounds like he became pretty popular because the Council of Christchurch originally tried to be like, "Hey, you, stop with your wizardry." And the rest of the public was like, "No, you let this wizard do his thing. You, you hire him." him. <laughs> so then, the prime minister at the time. Asked if he would consider becoming the Wizard of New Zealand. How do I get that gig for Minnesota? You know, you know what vibe that gives me? Like this whole story. What? It's just like Rasputin. He did the same stuff. <laughs> oh, and like that was a true that's... figure. And like he said he had, you know, mystical, magical properties and he influenced the czar and the whole royal family and the whole court. Like it's basically the same thing, except he died and didn't get fired. <laughs> right. Well, here's what the prime minister in 1990 said when he was hiring the Wizard of Christ Church. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned that your wizardry is not at the disposal of the entire nation. I suggest, therefore, that you should urgently consider my suggestion that you become the Wizard of New Zealand, Antarctica, and relevant offshore areas. No doubt there will be implications in the area of spells, blessings, curses, and other supernatural matters that are beyond the competence of mere prime ministers. Here's the thing. So he did, like, rain dances during droughts. Yeah. Droughts. Droughts. Rain dances during droughts. And, like, other magical happenings apparently he got the queen's service medal in 2009 the, the queen like the queen queen elizabeth really yeah new zealand yeah i know that's what i mean like really right queen elizabeth gave him a, a medal He's for his a service wiz- merlin was a wizard I'm sure King Arthur gave him a medal once. Rasputin didn't get a medal. (laughs) Well, then I guess that... (laughs) He got another kind of medal. (laughs) Like a bullet? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, because the poison didn't kill him, right? So they shot him. I think that's what happened. I think you're right. Here's the the downside to our wizard. Because he sounds awesome. He's encountered controversy with off-color comments about women. (laughs) He's a wizard, of course. Here's what he said. I love women. I forgive them all the time. I've never struck one yet. Never yet. strike a woman because they <laughs> bruise too easily is the first thing, and they'll tell their neighbors and their friends, and then you're in trouble. They use their cunning to get men who are thick. I mean, he's not wrong. Th- thick with a K, not yes. two Cs. He's not wrong um, in that we do use our womanly wiles to destroy men's lives at every turn. But 
I like he didn't how, have to say it out loud. And I like how he's he was very specific about saying he has never struck a woman yet. yet. Like he's he's going <laughs> he, to. He doesn't rule it out. Um, I would like I don't condone those uh, words at all. So fuck you, Wizard of Christchurch. So do you think he was let go specifically because of that? And now do you think they're in the market for a new wizard or are they just done no. with it? In general? So the city is embarking on new tourism and promotional directions that will reflect its diverse communities and showcase a vibrant, diverse, modern city that is attractive to residents and blah, 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 blah. And the wizard said the council decided to stop paying him because he didn't fit the vibes. He also said he was a provocateur. It implies that I am boring and old, but there's nobody else anything like me in Christchurch. They don't like me because they're boring old bureaucrats and everyone likes me and no one likes them, he said. Yeah, giving <laughs> off Trump vibes. Though. I know. He's right, though. I mean, clearly people liked him enough to appoint him wizard of the town and spend $368 thousand dollars over the course of 20 years like that's if i if i came up to you and said hey um can you hire me i'm only sixteen thousand dollars a year and i will perform all of the wizardry services you need would you drop sixteen thousand dollars on that i mean sixteen thousand dollars in the course of a year for a wizard is a lot (laughs) we're talking a wizard it's the taxpayers' dollars, though. So and I guess they did technically want him. They asked at least for the majority did. Yes, at the time in the seventies, nineties. Well, he was hired in the nineties, but in the seventies is when Christchurch tried to kick him out for his wizardry oh, ways. So he was a lasting figure in the limelight. Uh huh. Interesting. So R.I.P. to the Wizard of Christchurch, even though he's still alive. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he didn't die, did he? R.I.P. to the cool idea of him. Um, mad props for wizardry, but no props for being rude and sexist. I wonder how many props were actually used in his, <laughs> Probably in his magic. <laughs> all right, all right, let's go. That was a little spooky in that your tax dollars, how many people do you think didn't even know that there was a town wizard? At least in modern day, probably 99% of Well, them. that's what I'm saying. The spooky part is your tax dollars could be going towards a town wizard and you wouldn't even know it. Or into MKUltra. Yes, or I the mean, military who's killing arguably people across scary. the world. But here's another, here's a spooky one. Take it, let's take us back to Spooky Town. Over 90 snakes found under Northern California home. 90? Nine, zero. That's a lot of snakes. A group of venomous Northern Pacific rattlesnakes were extracted from under a home in Santa Rosa, California. They're used to clearing one or two snakes out from under houses, but was were recently called by a woman who said she'd seen rattlesnakes scurry under her house and was surprised to find more than 90 rattlesnakes preparing to hibernate. Yeah, they they get together to keep their their warmth. Oh, God. So this guy, his name is Al Wolf. He's a reptile rescue in California. He showed up with buckets because he was like, hey, I'm going to catch a snake or two under this lady's house. Mm -hmm. And he says, I kept finding snakes for four hours. And he was like, but I I wanted to get out of there because, you know, there's spider webs and dirt and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And also the possibility of dying from a rattlesnake bite. He removed 22 adult rattlesnakes and 59 babies. He also found a dead cat and a dead possum. Oh, he also returned twice and removed 11 more snakes. I wonder if he got them all. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know how 
big see your family likes snakes you come from a snake loving family i mean so yeah i guess but i've never like encountered an actual rattlesnake but true but how small are baby snakes they're little i mean it, it does depend on like the species but like i mean you know they're in eggs they're tiny Right. But if you're going to be catching baby snake, I wonder if they would have mentioned that they found a nest of eggs. Do they make I, nests? I feel, not really. They just like poop them out. I, I, again, like they're different based on the species. Sure. But I think rattlesnakes will kind of just have a little clutch of eggs sure. together. So it's like it's kind of like a nest. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like that story would have specifically mentioned if there were eggs, too. Yeah, because then that's that's your your. You're pre-getting them out. You're getting them out before they're even there. I feel like since they specifically said baby snakes, like they're probably still pretty small. They're not like right. adolescent snakes. Because I would just consider so there's baby snake and there's snake. There's no teenage snake. I, I think there is like a little middle ground. But like since they said baby, I think they're really small. And those must have been harder to catch. You got to find those bad boys. Yeah. And if there's dead cats and possums and spider but that's, webs. That's, that's, what, that's what I mean. Like, I, I wonder if he actually got them all. Like, there's probably still snakes under I, there. I was going to say, I imagine he didn't if he went back and found 11 more. Like, how do you miss 11 snakes the first time? If you're used to going to houses and just catching two. Can you imagine just being surrounded not only by snakes, which I, I know will upset a lot of people. A lot of people are scared of snakes, but specifically rattlesnakes. There's always the threat that one is going to actually bite you. Yeah. I don't do snakes. I've Well, I've, I've held some a, snakes. Yes. Well, I've like touched a snake. I've never actually held one. Oh, you've never one. held one? Somebody else has held it and I've patted its little head. Maybe someday we will go on Chris and Joseph's live stream on Twitch and we'll bring a snake. So you can hold it. I would. I always said that if we didn't have like dogs or cats, I would want a big giant snake that I could answer the door with so that people would be scared and not come to our door anymore. I don't like answering the door. Yeah, scare those Mormons and all them away, I guess. I don't. It's the Girl Scouts. I don't have money for your cookies. <laughs> you want to scare away little girls with a big snake. Anyways, that was a good story. I enjoyed learning yeah. about the ass wings. Oh, I thought you were congratulating yourself. I'm also for a, congratulating yeah. myself on a great, a great uh, story about great snakes. Story someone else wrote and put in the news. Yeah, so that's all we have for today. But it, like I said, if you have a story you would like to send to us, whether it's related to the aswang or just a personal spooky tale or yeah. anything you come Especially across around ho- all this Halloween times, send I'm, us your spooky. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks there's going to be some weird stories out there. So if you come across any, you can send those to us too. Uh, if you want to use uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, all of our handles are at NerdslothHQ. Or you can email us at podcast at nerdsloth.com and put a little spooky in the subject line. Send us your topic requests, your stories, your creepy pastas. Send your, us your bones. Your bones, your teeth. I- I'd take them. Yeah. I won't say no. <laughs> um, we would love to hear from you. And I will be back at you next week with a spooky tale for Halloween weekend. Halloween episode. All right. We'll catch you next week. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by Nerd Sloth. 
a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.